open up to Hebrews chapter 11. We're in week number two, a home life. Last week, my mom was here and helped us talking about uh, how to stand in the gap or how to wage war, really, for your family. That, that not everything, you're not always going to have to pray like that. But in, your, in certain situations in your home, situations are going to arise that are going to take some real concerted effort in prayer and speaking the word. So if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to check that out online. Also online, we're moving into Instagram and some stuff like that. I encourage you to like and share things that are posted. We're now taking just one-minute clips of the sermon and putting them on there. And you know, you'd be surprised what God could do in 60 seconds. If you would share it, then we've seen that it gets picked up and, excuse me, winds up going all over the place. People that don't, don't anywhere come to this church. But man, they're just 60 seconds. So I encourage you, that stuff's a blessing to you to share it. But uh, anyway, so we're in week two. And this week, I want to look at the atmosphere of your home. Lord gave me just this word, atmosphere, and started studying this along these lines. Uh, because atmosphere of your home, it, it's important. Because what happens in the atmosphere affects what happens on the ground. And what you allow, the first little blanks I gave you there in your worship guide, is, is what you allow in the atmosphere of your home. It determines what happens on the ground. And lots of times we're looking at the ground to try and figure out why things are dormant or why things aren't sprouting or why things aren't growing. But how many of y'all know that really what happens in the atmosphere controls whether or not the ground gives forth its fruit? My neighbor just, just planted this beautiful little garden. And I don't know if it, if it rained at your house, but Friday night it rained all night long at my house. There were a couple times I woke up and I could see the lightning flashing through the curtains. And boy, I snuggled in. I mean, I like to, I mean, I, and then you wake up though Saturday morning and you look out and it's still dark, you know, and it rained all the way up until about 10 o'clock, making I want to do nothing, right? I don't want to do nothing. Netflix, here we come all day, rocking it, Ben and Jerry's, making it happen. What a day. What a great day. So the atmosphere, though, the, just the atmosphere outside it affects things. If you plant a garden, you're dependent upon the atmosphere for it to grow. Me and Noble, Noble's favorite show, my little boy, is he likes his favorite show right now is Carter's War. And Carter's War is where this guy, he goes around and he tries to stop people from poaching. And uh, Saturday I woke up, he's already on the couch, you know, in his undies. I shouldn't say that. He'd get embarrassed. Don't tell him I said that. Uh, sitting there, you know, got a cereal bowl watching Carter's War. So I go over there and I sit down and, and they're, they're following these giraffes. These are special types of giraffes that live in the desert. And uh, the, as they run, you know, you know, giraffes have the big, big giant knees and then the big feet. You know, they look kind of funny when they run. And there's just dust clouds just flowing up behind them. And then they talk about how arid and how dry this this, this environment is, the atmosphere of this place. How many of y'all know we don't have that problem down here? How many of y'all know we, we've been blessed with humidity? 100% worth, right? The Lord gave us a full measure of humidity. He didn't hold none back from the Lake Chuck. We got all of it. He's a, we're so blessed with that 100%. So things down here, right, they're, they're, they, they grow, right? But if you get in a real arid atmosphere where things are just dry, it's just dusty. There's just nothing. There's nothing there. And my wife and I, we've had the privilege of being in some beautiful atmospheres, right? We, we've, we've been on some beautiful beaches. 
and you watch the sun go down and it's beautiful, right? Or if you're, if you're in the mountains, you look at the mountains and it's, it's beautiful. But if you go to China, you know, they have smog and they got to wear those, those masks on their face. Why? Because there's pollution in that atmosphere. But whatever is happening in the atmosphere, it affects what's happening on the ground. And, and a lot of the things that happen in your home life, you can't control. How many of you have ever had a storm just pop up on your horizon? Right, my, my, my dirty, my, my stinky refrigerator, that thing just popped up on my horizon. But then there's other storms that you can see and they're brewing and they're coming. And they're, 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 they're tornadoes. Tornadoes come into your home and they leave some carnage. Right? Hurricanes come on the horizon and they come floating through that atmosphere ever so slowly. And they can leave awake. They can really leave a lot of destruction. So in the atmosphere, you got beautiful sunsets and you got all this nice stuff. But in the atmosphere of your home, there are things that pop up. But how you deal with those things really has a lot to do with, 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 with how the outcome is. But also the atmosphere of your home, it, it, it determines what's going to grow in your life. It's going to determine how your kids are going to, are going to turn out. Have I mean, you ever seen that there's kids that, that, are, that are real, their parents are real business, right? They've always got the white, they've always got the, the Bluetooth in their ear. And then, there's, then they have kids that are like these little CEOs at eight years old. You know what I mean? They're, 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 that, that's them. And then you have kid, parents that are real artsy and they raise artsy kids. And you have parents that are real into music and they raise musical kids. Well, what is that? Well, there's an atmosphere in that home that's conducive to that type of growth. Well, how many of y'all know that's all natural stuff? And I, and I want my kids to be, uh, have, you know, good understanding of the arts and mathematics and how to maybe play some instruments. All that's good. But there is a spiritual atmosphere of a home that's exponentially more important to whether or not they get their Ph.D. or they go to Juilliard for dance or music or whatever. There's a spiritual atmosphere of your home. And, and, and many of you, you've walked into atmospheres. You've walked into people's homes and it's either a home of peace or it's a home of strife. It's a home of love or it's a home of negativity. Have you ever been in somebody's house before you could tell? They just got done fighting. They just got done fighting. You can just tell. And they ain't even got to say nothing. You just walk in and you're just like, them people just had it out. I can tell you somebody just, why you could just feel it in the air. So I want to talk about the atmosphere or the atmosphere of, of our homes, what that should look like. And I really want to start by thinking about, I just want us to consider the next few minutes, what's the atmosphere of God's home? What's God's home like? Like if, if we could be taken up through the three atmospheres, right? In the book, in the Bible, it says that there's three heavens, the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. Whenever God told Abraham, he said, go out and look into the heavens, look at the stars, right? So the first heaven is the stars. And then the second heaven is Daniel and, I mean, and Jacob's ladder. There's angels in the second heaven. And then there's, uh, when Daniel's praying, that's where uh, unseen realities are. But then the apostle Paul, he says, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. But I was called up to the third heaven. And that's where God lives, Right, So there's even different atmospheres in that realm. I mean, I know you can, I believe you can go right into the presence of God. I mean, I've been in a church service before where the atmosphere changed. And it's just like, yeah, things just changed in here. Somebody, somebody just walked in the room and they were very important. 
God changes atmospheres, right? So, so if, if you and I, if we could be called up to the third heaven today, like the Apostle Paul, and we could go into God's house, what is the atmosphere of God's house? What is it like? I wonder if it's chaotic. I bet they're up there screaming. Who left the toilets eat up? <laughs> that they're throwing things. What is, what is the atmosphere of God's home? The reason we all want to go to God's house is because we know, we know instinctively that the atmosphere of his home is special. He says, there'll be no more tears. Every tear will be wiped away. Everyone. There'll be no more mourning up there, right? That's why we want to go, right? Nobody wants to go to heaven just because there's gold streets, no, people want to go to heaven because the atmosphere. You just know that there's something in God's realm that you just can't get anywhere else. So to find out what God's home is like, you really have to look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And I put it in your worship guide. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And I gave it to you. In a translation called God's words translation. It says but the spiritual nature. God's nature. This is speaking of this is the fruit of the spirit. This is God's nature. If you want to know what God's home is like. Well it's like his nature. And, and his nature. It produces or it makes. Really interesting. If you get around God. He actually changes natures. His nature influences your nature. And it says here, it says that God's nature or his spiritual nature, it produces love. If we could get transported to God's home this morning, the first thing that he says that you would notice is you would notice unconditional love. Unconditional. How many of y'all know he knows everything you've already done? How many of y'all know there's no secrets? How many of y'all know he knows everything that you're going to do? And yet he loves us unconditional no conditions no matter what the first characteristic of a home the home of God would be that there's love there and then the second one's interesting and we know these verses but I'm trying to get you to look at it in in the way of of a home setting is joy there's joy in God's house or there should be Right? In a natural setting down here in God's church, there should be joy. But there's absolutely joy in his house. If we could get caught up to the third heaven this morning and go into God's presence, you would find that there's love there. But you'd also find that there was joy there. Maybe a little singing. Maybe a little dancing. Maybe a little Cajun dancing. Who knows, right? Who, who knows what God would be in the mood for that day. But there's joy up there. There's peace. Everybody say peace. Love, joy, peace. Come on, I mean, I want to go to God's house. Peace, patience. I mean, I'm glad he's patient. I'm so glad he's patient. God will allow you to make some mistakes. And he'll allow you to bear the consequences of those mistakes. But he's patient. He says, I don't want any to perish. I want everybody to come into the knowledge of God. In God's presence is patience. What's that mean? That means you can show up just as raggedy as you are right now. And he's not going to kick you out of his house. He's going to be patient where you are, anticipating where you're going to be. He knows where you're going, so he's patient with us. How many of y'all glad? God, thank you for being patient. How many of y'all need patience? God, give me a double dose of patience. Love, joy, peace, patience. In God's house, 
is kindness. I mean, how glad he's kind. Kind. He's kind. You go up to God's house right now, you would find him to be kind. I know the shack is out right now, and so there's a lot of controversy and all that type of stuff. And I, you know, I don't, whatever. But uh, I like the watching the shack for the side of it that it portrays God in just a different way than I think a lot of people conceive him to be. I believe he is kind. I believe if you went to his house, you'd find love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. What's the next one? Goodness. Goodness. Come on, it just keeps getting better and better. It's like, man, it's like you, you go in a different room of God's house and it's like, here's goodness. And it's like you just flow from one vein to another. Goodness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. What's the next one? Faithfulness. I mean, y'all think he's faithful. That just means I will not quit. I will not quit on you. I will not quit on your future. Even if you're missing it right now, I will not stop. I will pursue you. I will get you to where you're supposed to be. I'm faithful to a thousand generations, is what he says. To a thousand generations. You'll never exhaust God's faithfulness. He's faithful. So if you were to go in God's house, you would find that he's for you up there. He said, I'm for you. I'm for you. I know where you're at, but I've, I've put things in motion. I'm going to get you to where I need you to be and where you want to be. And then the last one is what? Self-control. Kind of interesting. Last, you've got self-control. So in God's house, there's order. It's not chaotic, not chaotic, not nuts, not all over the place. In God's house, there is control there. So even though he is kind, he's gentle, he's good, he is the boss. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? There is a line. If you cross it, I'll put you on a curb. Right? <laughs> Except my curb happens to be <laughs> way down yonder. But he is. He has control. All right, so what's this have to do with our house? Well, we're told that we're supposed to be imitators of God. And in God's environment of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, that's the environment that he wants people to be in because that's the environment where things will grow the best. How many of y'all think he knows how to run a greenhouse? How many of y'all think he knows how things are supposed to grow? And he knows that if we could somehow replicate his house in our house, it would be the optimum environment for spiritual growth, emotional growth, financial growth, relational growth, that your home would pop off like crazy. And it would be like them that dream. And people would look at your life and look at your house and people would walk into your home. We had a, 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 a gate. Trans, trans, uh, transsexual, right? Friends of ours that, 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 that we knew. And whenever we were living in Alexandria, uh, he was living actually in, Baton, uh, in Lake Charles. And he's living homosexual lifestyle, dressed like a lady and stuff like that. And, uh, but he would call, he would say, can I come up to your house? I need to get away. And uh, of course, the first time you're like, all right, <laughs> okay. But I didn't care, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm all, I was trying to minister to him, just trying to love on him, just trying to help him and try to give him just good information and, and just help the guy. You know, he's just tormented. It's really sad. Uh, but he would come up and he would live on the couch for a couple of days. And he'd say, I just liked being in your home because it's peaceful. I just, can I come? 
So then he would go off and he would go live the way he was living, you know. But we would hear from him maybe a year later. He'd say, can I come back to your house? I just need some peace. I just need to breathe, you know, just like. So he would come up there and he would just breathe, right? And we would talk to him and try to minister to him. And he, he, went, he wound up, uh, he did get saved, but he, he, he wound up dying. Uh, he OD'd, really killed himself. Uh, just miserable. But, but there are homes that you can go into where there's an atmosphere of peace, an atmosphere of faith, an atmosphere of hope. An atmosphere of love. Can you imagine if kids were to grow up or spend 15, 16, 17 years in a home that was full of faith? Full of faith just means all things are possible to us as believers. It don't matter. He may throw everything but the kitchen sink. You will win. By the blood of the lamb. By the word of your testimony. You will win. We're overcomers. We're not, we're not going under. We're going over. We live a life of faith. That's an environment that's different. I mean, I know a lot of kids don't grow up in that type of environment. To have a kid that grows up in a home that's just peace. Jesus said, my peace, I leave with you. Gentleness kindness, goodness. So for us, for home life, week two, I'm just challenging you and asking you the atmosphere of your home because we've looked at, we know what God's home is like, right? We just dissected that. And I would love to spend, you know, a few minutes on each one, but don't have the time. But, but just to look at the nine attributes of God's home, he says, in my house, this is the optimum. This is the ultimate. And whenever you die, this is where you're going to be, right? To be absent of the bodies, to be present with the Lord. You're going to live in this house. But he also said that for us on the earth, that we should be imitators of God. That we should be trying to replicate this in our house. And if we would, how many of y'all know this is easier said than done? Can, can I get it? Can I get it? How many of y'all ever got a, got a plate thrown at you before? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I wasn't anticipating that. Uh. But, you know, there, there are times, right, in homes, there are some, there are some, right, some, some fighting and some arguing and all that stuff. And that's totally fine, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But the idea is, is that you're still ultimately trying to cultivate this. And I know that we're growing up, there's people growing up in a society where they don't know their daddy or their mom's on drugs. And they were raised in a crazy, chaotic environment, and, and it, many of them, it's just, a, it's amazing that they even made it out, that they, that they even came out on the other side. But for us going forward, if you're in here and you're like, well, my mom was this, or my dad was this, or I was raised in foster home, or I was, my brother-in-law lived, he grew up uh, for 12, 12 years, he, he grew up in an all-girls uh, orphanage. He's the only boy, because in all the boy ones... He would get kicked out for fighting. So they finally, for 12 years, he lived in an all-girl orphanage, right? Horrible home life. So maybe you're here and you say, man, my home life just has not been good. I want you to know you can, you can change that. You can turn that around. And if you'll, if you'll pursue and if you'll say, I want a home that's a home of love, unconditional. 
unconditional. I'm not going to approve everything you do, Junior, and I'm going to tear your butt up. But unconditional love is what you will receive from me. Unconditional. And there's going to be joy in this house. We're happy. I'm not sad. I'm not mad. I know i got to go to work. I really don't want to go to work. I'm working three jobs, and it's hard. But I understand that if I maintain my joy, that's my strength, and my kids need to be raised in an environment of joy. Because if they're raised in an environment of depression, they're going to be on Zoloft. And I don't want them on Zoloft off their whole life. I don't want them on Boost Bar and Prozac. I want them to come home and get off the school bus and there's joy in this house. I want all the other little rugrats running around the neighborhood to come over to my house because my house is filled with joy. Their house may not be filled with joy, but my house is filled with joy. Even if I am a single mom with three kids and I got to do this, I'm going to have love and joy and there's going to be some peace. I'm going to tear your butt up. I'm going to tear your butt up. I'll come unhinged on you. You're going to do the dishes. You're going to do what I tell you to do. But and yet there's going to be peace. Yes. A peaceful. Peaceful home. There's kindness here. There's goodness here. There's gentleness here. Not abusive. I was raised by somebody that was abusive. Not me. I'm saying if you're here and you say that you were raised by somebody that was abusive, you can say, as for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. The atmosphere of my home is going to reflect the atmosphere of his home. Because if my home looks like his home, then the atmosphere is going to control the seed. And it's going to control whether or not things are arid and dry and dusty and there's no life that comes out of it. But if my atmosphere can reflect his atmosphere, then things will blossom, bud. And he said, first the blade, then the stalk. Then the fruit. He says, I can expect that there'll be little blades coming up. And if I stick with it, there'll be a stalk there. If I stick with it, there'll be fruit there. Because God guarantees that if we'll, if we'll make our home life and do the best as we can to make it like His home life. And some of that exercise, right? Last one is what? Self-control. Somebody's got to be the boss in the house. It might as well be me. Right? Somebody's going to be the boss in the house. It might as well be my wife. It is not Junior. Right? I, I exercise self-control. I have control. There's order here. Things are put in certain places. How many ever had somebody come clean your house? Isn't it nice? Don't you love that person? You just like instantly. We, we'd been, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up, but we... we had you know been doing the church thing for four years and just real busy and stuff like that and I think we finally got a lady we, we hired a lady to come clean clean our house and I loved her I loved her whenever she was done I was just like will you come back <laughs> will you come back when when will you come back yeah we hugged her we both hugged her we love you we love you right what she do she just came in and just brought some order right just move some things out of the way, right? We need to find out what's up under here. We need to clean out from up under this rug, right? There's some things hidden here that need to be removed, need to be swept out. And, and in your home life, there has to be that too, that there has to be willingness to, to, to reveal some things, shine some light on some things, because in God's, in God's realm, there's no darkness. The Bible says that in heaven, there's, there's, there's no darkness, neither shadow of turning, for he is the light of heaven. 
In other words, there's no shadows in heaven because he's an all-consuming fire, right? He's an all-consuming, illuminating light. So there's this self-control aspect of our homes. So, what? So my wife is saying, well, if you're, if you're wanting a godly atmosphere, but you're married to a drunk, how many of y'all know it's going to be difficult? If you're married to somebody that's abusive, if you're married to somebody that's rude or mean or, or unmannerly or doesn't, doesn't, doesn't go to church. Uh, well, I mean, really, that's a, that's a, there's the spiritual side of it. I don't have time to get into all that, but there's the spiritual side of it and there's the natural side of it. And you'll have to take care of the spiritual side or the natural side won't work. In other words, you can be nice to them and kind to them and make them dinner and do all that type of stuff. But there's a spiritual element that you'll have to deal with and it'll have to be dealt with in the spirit. And because you have to recognize there's things at play that you can see and then there's things at play that you can't see. And in order for you to deal with the things that you can't see, you're going to have to deal with them spiritually, right? And that's that's where we talk about putting on the whole armor of God and recognizing God's a good God. But there is demonic activity and there are influences. And many times people that are that way, they're that way because they were raised by people that were that way, right? You know, my dad was really rough until he got saved. Like rough, like uh, he, was, he was good, but if you crossed him, he would, he would, uh, he would hang one on you. Uh, once he got saved, you know, a lot of that stuff got worked out. But he was raised by somebody who was very abusive. Uh, so bad people raise bad people, right? So but if you're in a home like that, I think the best thing you can do spiritually is you're going to have to really contend for that person. And that's going to mean getting up early or setting your alarm maybe at 2 o'clock in the morning. Get up for 30 minutes or for an hour and really pray and contend for that person uh, spiritually. You're, you're going to have to come at that with prayer. And then the natural side of it is be what he said, love never fails. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love suffers long. Love has patience with imperfect people. Love is not rude. It's not unmannerly. It doesn't act unbecomingly. So the natural side of it is you're going to have to take care of that. But the number one thing is you'll have to do is take care of the spiritual side. The point of week two is, is there is an atmosphere of heaven. And in that atmosphere, whatever happens up there, it affects what happens down here. There's a whole other half of your worship, God, I won't get to today. Because I felt like just we're, we're going to shut it down. And I, maybe, maybe we'll look at it next week. And we'll just go, maybe look at Noah. Noah was a man. He's a father of three. He had a wife. And there was a storm that came on the horizon. But there were some things that happened with that whole process. God led him through that storm. God gave him the tools and gave him the know-how to build a ship. Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Noah, being warned of God, he built an ark for the saving of his household. So even though storm came on the horizon of Noah's life, and it was monumental, right? I mean, it, it destroyed things. God showed him how to navigate that storm. Gave him the instructions on what to build and how to do it. Gave him a blueprint so that on the back side of it, he came out and, and he made it. And I know there's many of you, and I alluded to this, this at the beginning about us needing to pray about some things. There's some of you that you're in some storms and you're like, and this is a monumental storm. It's like, man, this is, this is a big one, right? This is a tornado type storm or this is a hurricane type thing that's come up on the horizon. Uh, 
And I want you to know God sees it. And, and, if, and, and I would encourage you to read Noah in Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8 this week. And just kind of look at how he navigated that.